If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Good to see all of you here today. Thank you for being here. And those, those of you that are here for the first time, we welcome you to One Cause Church. We're happy to have you with us. And I uh, just want you to know we always have a seat here for you. And um, we believe that God brought you here. You're an answer to our prayer for sure. And um, we are here to, to touch this community, touch this area with the love and grace of God and to give the greatest message that could ever fall on man's ears, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and he rose again from the dead three days later. And anyone who believes on him will receive everlasting life. It's the greatest, greatest message that any man could ever it's, the, it's That actually is good news. Have you heard good news lately? Huh? That actually is good news. Everything else is a, is a nightmare compared to that news. That good. Because, you know, good news comes in lots of ways in this world, doesn't it? And, it, and, it, and unfortunately, because it comes in lots of ways, we've become pretty cynical about good things. So that's why we come up with phrases like, all good things must come to an end. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Right? Because that's because we've been jaded by what this world offers as good. But the scripture says God's goodness never ends. Christ has become our high priest of good things to come. So as long as he's our high priest, then we can expect good things to continue and to continue and to continue and to continue and to never end. Amen. I'm grateful to be on God's side, but I'm more grateful that he's on my side. Amen. So let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Mark chapter 9. I'm, I've got a few scriptures I'm going to share with you today. I'm going to teach a little bit differently than I normally do, I think. Uh, but I woke up this morning, and um, I, I had the idea that I was going to talk about our inheritance, and I'll get to that later, I guess. But the Lord was stirring something in me concerning faith today, and uh, just kind of had me going through several scriptures this morning. And, and then uh, as I uh, was praying and even making some declarations myself by faith of things I wanted to see concerning our church even this year and, uh, and for your lives. Uh, one of the scriptures I was, I was reading that, that grabbed my attention was Mark chapter 11, which we'll look into that in just a moment. And one of those verses says, uh, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you will have them. So that was one of the first scriptures I read. And then I read a bunch of them. And then, like I said, spent some time praying. And then a text came in and this text came in from this guy who always sends me like famous quotes from, from famous people. And it's kind of a, a daily text. And not every day, but most of the time he sends me a text. And so, I, to be honest with you, I don't always look at them. I just kind of, you know, act like I read it and then go on. But um, <clears throat> I, I felt prompted to look at this text he sent me today. And I looked at opened it up, and it said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you will have them. Jesus Christ. I don't think that was a coincidence. So uh, I wanted to share this with you today. Mark chapter 9, we're going to look at verse, start in verse 14. And I got some truths about faith that will help you today, um, I think. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe uh, deal with some myths about faith, all right, and help you, help you be a, have greater understanding about faith and our response and our responsibility in it. Verse 14, and when he came to the disciples, now let me set this up for just a moment. Jesus had been up on this mountain, 
and he had taken three guys with him. You know, he had 12 disciples, but he had three disciples that were especially close to him by the names of Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John got to do a couple of special things with Jesus that the other disciples didn't get to do, and this is one of those events where they got to go up on the mountain with him, and the Scripture says that he was transfigured before them, and they saw Jesus in his glory. I can't even imagine what these three witnessed there. Not only did they see that, but they also got to see Moses and Elijah who appeared there with Jesus. Can you imagine? And, and Moses and Elijah represent the law and the prophets, and those two things were there. Those two beings were there representing law and prophets to give witness to Jesus who is the voice to us today. Hebrews later on says that God who at various times and in various ways spoke to us in time past by the prophets has in these last days now spoken to us by his son. Jesus is the final authority. He's God's final word to us, all right? And so they came down off of this mountain, and this is what they come to, all right? His other disciples, the other eight, nine, I'm sorry, the other nine were there in this situation. When he came to, to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. I would say that their experience was not near as glorious as Peter, James, and John's. All right, verse 16, <clears throat> oh, 15, immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him, 16, and he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered, said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit or a deaf and dumb spirit, if you would, and, uh, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. In other words, he has a seizure. And I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. All right. This might be a little embarrassing for these guys, right? Might be a little embarrassing with the whole crowd of people around and then, and then this guy busting their chops right in front of their leader, you know. And then Jesus says something uh, pretty astounding himself in front of all of these people. O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And then Jesus calls them out because of their faithlessness. We kind of get a funny image of Jesus sometimes that he's this peace man. I mean, everything's cool. Don't hurt nobody. No, no. He said some things that definitely hurt people's feelings. All right? He says, a faithless and perverse generation, how long am I going to be with you? In other words, you guys ought to have this down by now. You've been with me long enough. You ought to be acting like me by now. Right? And so this is, this is kind of, this is a bitter pill to swallow here for these guys. It's kind of tough on them. And so then, look, let's keep going. And then they brought, to, they brought him to him. He said, bring the boy to me. So they brought him to him. And when he saw him, that is, when the little boy saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at, foaming at the mouth. Anybody ever seen somebody having a seizure in here? You ever seen? That is, that is, that is a, that's a terrible experience, isn't it? And it, Because the thing that you, you feel so helpless to do anything in that situation, you know this person is suffering, and it's so, it's just weird. It's just strange. And, and, and all you can do is maybe hold them or hold them down or, you know, whatever. But there's really not much you can do in the natural to help someone in that situation. You just kind of got to let time run its course. That's usually how it goes, right? And so it's, 
but you, you have this sense of urgency about you uh, when that is happening. And this boy, he starts convulsing, and he's on the ground, and he's having seizures. And this is what's interesting about Jesus' response. He doesn't freak out about this. Look what he says. So he asked Father, how long has this been happening to him? He said from child. It's interesting. Why, why are you trying to go over his medical background right now, Jesus? Can we just help him first, and then you can discuss that later? But it's like, he, how, long, how long has he been doing this? This kid's flopping all over the place. How long has this been going on? And his, his dad says from childhood. Now watch this. And, and often he has thrown him, the spirit that is, thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But here we go. Now you feel the dad's urgency here, don't you? You feel his desperation. You feel, I can sympathize with the dad. I have three kids. I cannot stand to see my kids suffer in any way. And when, and when, you, when, when there's nothing you can do about their pain, you know, that, that is a, that's a helpless feeling. So he says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. All right? Now, you think at that moment, Jesus would say, all right, we'll get to the, we'll talk, we'll talk later. Let me go ahead and help him. No, no, not Jesus. Not in a hurry to do anything. Look what he says. Jesus said to him, mm, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Can we just admit today that seems a bit insensitive of Jesus to do this? Huh? Anybody else going to get their feelings hurt here? This dad's desperate. Please, please, if you can do anything. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Let me tell you, no, no. You need to learn a lesson right now before we go any further. And the lesson is that your faith is everything for this moment. All right? My power is not what's in question here. My ability is not what's in question. You need to believe. And if you'll believe, you tap yourself into anything as possible. So apparently, and you might write this down, faith is more important than our feelings. Because if Jesus is reacting to the man's feelings, if he's even reacting to the need and the desperation of this dad, he's not going to take the time to do this. But God knows that faith in God is more important than our feelings. And if it hurts our feelings to tell us that, he's not worried about that. He wants you to know the truth so that the truth will make you free. All right? So this year, I'm telling you, don't let feelings get in the way of your faith in God. All right? Sometimes the truth hurts. All right, let it hurt, but let it bring it into your life. Accept the truth of the Word of God above how you feel about it and move on. Can I just say this to you? Grow up. Grow up, Christian. All right, this is big people, big people church. All right, can I talk to you like big people today? All right, grow up. This is, this, this is what we're called to do. And Jesus is helping us understand something. He's not here trying to hurt the guy's feelings. All right? And when the word of God speaks to us, it's not God trying to hurt our feelings. God, God loves you. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that Jesus, because he became a man, he can sympathize with the very feelings of our infirmity. Because he's been here. He's lived the life. He knows what we're going through. But he wants us to understand there's something more important, far more important, and that is our faith in God. Even in the most desperate situations, faith is more important. And faith is limitless possibility, apparently, by what he said. If you can believe, 
all things are possible to him who believes. And now, let's go over to Mark chapter 11 for a moment, uh, where I talked about this morning. Verse 22, Jesus says, uh, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Can we all say those four words together? Have faith in God. All right? So what he just, he's, he's about to take us into what faith, look, faith in God looks like. But we all have to understand that that's the premise, that that's the foundation. Have faith in God. Okay, so now that your faith is in God, this is what it should look like. Then he says, for whoever says to this, what? Mountain. Man, I mean, he just took us right to the top. Have faith in God. And then he gave us an illustration about what faith in God looks like. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Wow, that seems like a long way off, Jesus. I mean, that's, that's like, that's big. That's big. That's what faith in God looks like, to tell mountains to be moved and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that whatever he says shall be done, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Okay, I want, I want you to say this, make this personal. Just say, whatever things I ask when I pray, believe that I receive them, and I will have them. All right, I want you to say that again. Whatever things I ask when I pray, believe that I receive them, and I will have them. Oh, wow. Anybody's faith coming up here at this moment? All right? Whatever things I... Now, who said this? Was this one of those health and wealth preachers that wrote this? this is, these are the words of Jesus. And I love that he says this and doesn't backtrack what he says, and doesn't, back, doesn't try to have to explain what he just said. We want to try to explain what he just said. Well, no, 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 he's not, he's not saying anything. You can't just ask God for anything. No, 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 shut your mouth. Listen, he said, whatever things you desire. I know your denomination might have taught you different, but Jesus taught you this. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. And you, Yeah, but you can't just do it. You Calm down. Just let the words of Jesus sink in and let faith. Can you hear that? If you get quiet enough, you'll hear that roar of faith in there. You'll hear it say, I want that. You need that. That's what you want. You want to be at that place as a whoever, praying for a whatever and getting exactly what you prayed for. Now, isn't it interesting that he said whatever things you desire? Well, we love to spiritualize this. Oh, I just want what God wants. Thy will be done. But he wants what you want. Apparently, whatever things you desire when you pray. Can you just accept the freedom of that right there? Can you accept just the unlimited power of those words, those few words he says there? It takes faith to do it. It takes faith to do it. And we're going to talk about some barriers to your growing faith. Now, let's, let's go to the next thought. Everybody okay? Amen. 
This is, hey, listen, this hit me first before it hits you. So I've been like, this is awesome. Okay. Faith is bigger than our ability, apparently. If he says faith in God looks like this, whoever says that this mountain be removed. And then this other thought, faith is your guarantee to answered prayer. Garth Brooks, just, he wasn't right. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Well, not according to Jesus. According to Garth, maybe so, and he made a lot of money off that song. But he says, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. Amen. All right, let's go to now. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. Matthew 17, verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus, Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And this is like this is the that story about the boy that Jesus delivered. By the way, he did set the boy free. I didn't finish that story. Um, well, this is Matthew's account, and, and, and in Mark, where we were reading, they came to him privately and said, well, how can we couldn't do it? He said, because of your unbelief, all right? But Matthew gives us a little more detailed account of that conversation, and that's what he said. He started off by saying, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Wow. Now, this is another time that he is saying, talking about mountain-moving faith. And he says that here he describes what kind of faith it is, and he, and he gives, it a, gives us a picture, mustard seed. Now, if you know anything about the mustard seed, actually, let's go over to, what was the next verse? Go to the next one, whatever was next on the list. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now, the reason they said that is because he told them you have to forgive everybody all the time. Anybody know that, anybody have that same thought, that you don't have a right to hold grudges or to, or to have unforgiveness in your life, that you forgive everybody? And that's why the apostle said, <laughs> increase our faith then, because there's no way we can do that. It's going to take faith to be able to have that kind of lifestyle. And look what Jesus said. The Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So, they said, increase our faith. He said, if you have faith like this. So, who's responsible for their faith then? God increasing it or us having the right kind of faith? He said, you got to have faith like a mustard seed. Okay, what is that? Okay, let's go now. The next one, Alex. And, he, and this is previous in Matthew. Now we understand, we start right here. This is the beginning talk about a mustard seed. First time it's spoken of. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took, sowed it in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. In other words, it's the smallest of the seeds, that mustard seed. But when it is grown, it's greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. So Jesus said, that your faith needs to be like a mustard seed. Now, a lot of people misinterpret that and, and think that he's saying that your faith needs to be the size of a mustard seed. This is one of the myths about faith. All you got to do is have mustard seed faith, the, the size of mustard seed. Are you telling me I don't even have that much? 
you don't know how small a mustard seed is. Oh, you're going to have a little bitty mustard seed faith. And you can tell trees to be uprooted. And you can move mountains if you just have a little bitty, bitty mustard seed faith. The mustard seed is, he's showing us that it starts off small, but it becomes great by growth. Ah, boy, we... That means we are responsible for our growing, for growing our own faith. That's what the Bible teaches us. We are responsible for growing our own faith. And we need to get over this, this thinking that you, you don't tell me I need more faith. No, nobody tells me that. <clears throat> are you kidding me? If I don't have enough faith, I need somebody to tell me that. Can we just be honest enough here? I mean, if you're going to be a true disciple of Jesus, you need to hear the words from time to time. Oh, you of little faith. That's what he did with his own guys. If, I mean, if little faith is everything, if it's just about that little mustard seed, then why is he rebuking them for little faith then? It's not about having little faith. It's about having the kind of faith that grows, that becomes great faith from little faith to great faith. Amen. I mean, Peter, he gets out of the boat. He walks on the water. That's a cool experience. I mean, he and Jesus are the only two people on planet Earth for all time that have ever done that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Peter's testimony, me and God's son are the only people that ever walked on water. I'd brag on that. He never talked about it in his, in his writings. I would have been bragging about that. This is Peter. This is Eric Hall, the one who walked on water in case you forgot. <laughs> feel like I could... You, you could feel like your words had authority then, you know? <laughs> he never even talked about it. Never brought it up to coerce or to manipulate. Because Peter really learned a lot on that experience. And we know the story. He said, if it's you, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. And he gets out of the boat, right? He walks out on water to Jesus. But then he gets distracted by the circumstances that are telling him, this is impossible. What are you doing? Sees the storm and the waves, and the scripture says he begins to sink, and then Jesus, he cries out to Jesus, Lord, have mercy. Jesus saves him. And then Jesus says to him, at least you tried. Look at those boneheads up in the boat. None of them would get out, but the scaredy guy. At least you tried, Peter. Gotta get. He didn't say that. He said, oh, you have little faith. Man, this guy's on the water with you, Jesus. Can you give him a break? What do you got to go knocking on his faith about? Apparently, faith means a lot more to God than it does to us. He's making a big deal out of this, isn't he? Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? But you know the good thing about Jesus? He doesn't come to condemn. Guess how they got back to the boat? He didn't put Peter up on his shoulders. They walked back on water through the boat so that Jesus help us all understand you can believe again you can believe again faith works faith is the victory all right everybody okay so it's not about the little bitty faith it's about the right kind of faith and we are responsible to grow our own faith now right quick I want to just give you some barriers okay some things that you need to look out for barriers to growing your faith all right the, the, the first one we're going to look at is found in Matthew chapter 8, 
But he said to them, Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Now this is when the disciples again were in a storm, but Jesus was asleep in the boat. They came and woke him up and said, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? Now on this side, it's kind of, we look at that and go, how can you dare say that to the man who's about to die for your sins? Well, they didn't really understand that at that time. They're, they're frightened. And, and fear is so unreasonable. It's so unreasonable. And Jesus says, why are you so fearful? Oh, you have little faith, all right? So what that means is that faith keeps, or fear keeps your faith little and, any, and therefore ineffective, all right? So that's something that you're going to have to understand that God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Scripture says that perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. His love covers a multitude of sins. There is no fear in love. And if you're battling fear in your life right now, I want you to see exactly what's going on. That's an area in your life where you're not allowing God to love you. All right? So if you'll embrace his love in your life right there, in that moment, in that place, in that location, then the fear will go away. Because he does love you. But it's one of the barriers to walking by faith, to growing faith. The next thing is, the next thought is, is found here in Peter, That's, or, or in this story about Peter. Jesus said, why did you doubt? Doubt is, a, is an enemy to your faith. The, to doubt means to stand in two ways. It's to stand in two ways, to stand in two opinions. You know, like most of our politicians say whatever they want to to get their vote. But, but faith in God has a confession, all right? Faith has a voice, and it's got to be a consistent voice. Faith in God cannot be, by his stripes I'm healed, and then the next day saying, well, I don't know why I'm not healed. And questioning, he's, okay, his word says that, that he sent his word and healed me, okay? He sent his word and healed me. And the next day, I wonder if it's God's will that I'm healed. I'm not going to go any further because I'll start talking like this. But you can understand how there's no stability. There's no stability like that. As a matter of fact, James says that. He says, hey, he says, whoever lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally to those who ask. But let him ask in faith without doubting. Let him ask in faith without doubting. Faith is without doubting. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed to and fro. He's unstable. He's a double-minded man in all of his ways. And he says, and let not that man expect to receive anything from God. There's a big boy verse too, isn't it? Can't expect to receive something from God if you're not willing to believe him for it. It's not fair of us to just gamble with God, to treat him like he's some wishing well, or that he's the lottery no, you got way more assurances than that with God. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. There's no room, there's no room for doubt. You just can't, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot accomplish anything in faith if you're doubting. It won't happen. Faith plus doubt equals doubt. Okay, next. And the last one is found in this scripture. So when his... De- I love, his, I love these guys. I love reading these stories because I find Eric Holler in here so much. I find great comfort that though these guys walked with Jesus, they were very much like us. Watch this story. This is powerful. Now, when his disciples had come to the other side, 
they had forgotten to take bread. I guess they forgot their lunch. And then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. In verse 7, and they reasoned among themselves saying, it's because we forgot the bread. How did they come up with that? How did they reason that, that that's what, what does he mean by leaven? No, what is he, what is he saying? And they reason among themselves and says, well, the only thing that makes sense to me is that we, didn't, we forgot lunch. So he's, he's going a roundabout way to kind of hint to us that we forgot the bread. Next. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, oh, you of Little faith. Why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? The third barrier, which is something in this day and age especially that we have to be vigilant in, is human reasoning. Human reasoning. God's saying one thing, and you reason it to mean something else. Me and my brother used to live in a little country house out north of San Angelo, a little town called Great Great Creek, a little farmhouse there, and one night, I decided to play a trick on my fr- friend Stephen Pilant here. He was, uh, he was uh, always out there at our house, and we were always hang- hanging out, having a good time. Well, I, I had sneaked up to the house from work. I turned my lights off and killed my engine on a car and just strolled up the drive, because when, out there, when it's, when, when it's nighttime, it's nighttime. There's hardly any lights. And so coming, and we always came in through the back door of the little farmhouse, and when you come in through the back door, you walk into the kitchen, but before you get up to that point, there's a little storage area, a little room here where they kept, like, feed and extra things like that. Um, so I, I, I sneaked in to the house and told my brother that I wanted to scare Stephen. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in this little room outside here. I said, you guys, I'll make a noise, and you guys come out. And I said, when you're coming back in, I said, I'll jump out and scare him. And he's like, okay. So I go outside and hide in that little room, and then I make this noise. Stephen goes and grabs the shotgun that's in our house. He grabs the shotgun, and my, bro- my brother grabs the uh, mag light flashlight. So they walk outside. Now my brother's thinking, okay, i got to make the switch here. So they get outside. I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but my brother got this shotgun in his hands, and gave Stephen the flashlight. And once I heard that that happened, my brother made sure that I heard that he had, Stephen only had the flashlight now. The the prank is still on. So they're coming back up to the house, and and I'm in there. I make a little bit of noise, and I see the flashlight stop and turn into the room. And here comes (laughs) Stephen into the room. And I jump out, like that to him. And he has that flashlight in his hand, and he starts clicking that thing on and off. Because in his mind, he still had the shotgun. <laughs> Killing me with light. And I thought about that. that. That story is one, we talk about that as one of the, what was a funny experience. But I think about how unreasonable we can be when we're out of our element. Fear and doubt and even our own reasoning can fool us from what is actually real. 
The Scripture teaches us. Jesus said, hey, in this world you will have trouble. I say these things to you that in me you may have peace because in this world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've overcome the I'm the real deal. I'm the truth. I'm the essence. And the only way to really know that is by faith because faith is the substance of things that are hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith says, right now I have it even though I don't see it. I know it even though I, well, it's, like I told my son, we talk about faith, and I told him, I said, it's knowing that you know, even though you don't know. Anybody know that you're going to heaven in here? How do you know that? Because God said it. You believe on Jesus, and you know that's the promise. Right? But you ain't there. You're sitting here. Right? But you have this assurance. Why? Because God spoke it and you believed it. Whatever things, say it, whatever things I desire, when I pray, believe that I received them and I will have them. Whatever things I desire, when I pray, believe that I received them and I will have I believe in God for this year, for you, that this is going to be a year of the biggest experiences in God that you have ever had in your life. I am. I'm believing that we're going to be able to put our feelings aside. We're going to take the limits off because he put no limits on. He gave us limitless things to say, limitless possibilities. And if we can just believe that, then we can experience that in our own lives. I'm believing for greater increase for your life, in your health, in your finances, in your relationship, in your marriage, your children in Jesus' name. I declare right now that this is the year for bigger and better and more. Amen? Because our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Why would it tell us that if, it's not, if, we, if, it, if we're not supposed to aim at that? He's able to do it far exceeding above all that we could ask or think. All right? So he's bigger than your ask. He's bigger than your thoughts. He's bigger than your prayers, which means that you cannot outpray God's ability. All right? So if you're going to pray, pray big. Pray large. Just pray in such a way that you know it. I only, take, only God can help me do this. There's no way I can do this in my own ability, but by faith in him, I know it can happen. Whatever things you some of you have had these desires in your heart, and you have wrestled so much. I bless your heart. You've wrestled so much with thinking, is this my desire? I mean, is this the right desire? I don't know if this is selfish or if it's God. And so you've never really asked God in faith for that desire to be known because maybe Maybe somebody talked you out of it. They, they told you that you couldn't just ask for anything. Or you felt like some failure in your life disqualified you from having that thing. Because you hadn't been in church enough. And you, I mean, you just talk yourself right out of all these wonderful promises that God has for you. And you're, you're more convinced about other things than his love for you. And that he loves to give you these things. He's on your side. But you've got to believe this. It's going to take faith. To just simply accept what God has said as the truth. Whatever things you desire. Whatever things you desire. What is it that you desire? That you've not voiced. It's, I mean, I, I think the people who have said, I don't, you can't pray for anything. I just, I don't think they've prayed for anything. You can't just pray for anything. Either they haven't prayed for it or they had a bad experience. And then wrote a country song. Some God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers, apparently. But as far as the scriptures are concerned, God taught us 
in Christ, all of his promises are yes and amen. God's answer to you is yes. Concerning your desires, concerning his promises, the answer is yes. Yes. Do you believe that today? I want you to stand up for just a moment. I'm gonna, I want to challenge you here right now in this place to open up your mouth and declare your desire to your heavenly Father. Just open your mouth and believe that you receive whatever it is that you are saying today. Let's just take Jesus at his word and forget everything else. Let's just forget everything else. Don't just go back to the same old way, the same old way of doing things. Let's get out there in faith. Let's get out there in that realm of faith and say, okay, all right, I want that big thing. I want, what, I want what's here in my heart to come to pass. And the scripture says the way to do it is to declare it, is to pray it and believe that you receive it. Go ahead, open your eyes. Just, just talk to God. Just say, maybe you're already saying that desire. Say it again right now. But those of you that have been afraid to say it because you've wondered, let me, I, I just, can I just give you an assurance? There's a very good chance that you're not going to ask God for a sinful thing. Trust your nature. Trust that born-again nature, all right, that you have the nature of God, therefore you have the desire of God, all right? And say it. Say it. Say it. Maybe it's a new business venture. Maybe it's a new position. Maybe it's a whole new job, whatever. Maybe you need a wife or a husband or your wife or husband to straighten up, your children to come home. You need to feel better in your body. You need better health. Need to get over this sickness. Some of you are dealing with sickness in cycles. Break that. What is it that you desire? Some of you need to be free from addictions here today. Break that desire. Break that by desiring for freedom and declaring that you are free in Jesus. Declare that you're free today. And receive what Jesus came to give you. Lord, we thank you. Father, I thank you now. For these who are, who are making their declarations of faith in God, Father, I thank you that you watch over your word to perform it. You are on their side. Lord, I thank you that you long to show yourself strong on their behalf. God, that this would be a year of limitations off. This would be a year of limitless supply, Lord, that anything is possible for those who believe in God. We choose to walk by faith above everything else now. We lay aside the fear the doubt, our own human reasoning would say, you will not be a barrier to my faith in God. You will not be a barrier to my life in Jesus' name. I will trust God with my whole heart. I will believe his word above everything else. I exalt his word now above my experiences. I exalt his word above my own thinking. I exalt his word above everything that I know in Jesus' name. And I say, he is the standard. His word is life to me. It is health to all of my flesh. And I will not receive anything less than what his word has provided for me. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There you go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You believe that today? Accept that today. Walk out of here by faith. 
ready, expecting, expecting those things which you called that be not as though they were. I thank you, Lord, that it's even this year that what your people have been believing for and confessing, this is the year that it materializes. This is the year that they see it with their eyes, that they touch it with their hands. This is the year. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, our faithful God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Let's give God a great hand clap today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 a.m., 11 a.m., or 1 p.m., and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Please visit onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at One Cause Church. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.